Thanks everybody for tuning in to a uh, holiday edition of the Sure Thing Short Sure Thing here. Uh, Warren Shore, Ryan Silver with you. This is our weekly pick'em show. So thanks everybody for tuning in. You can check us out Sunday nights, Talk Radio 1197 to 8 p.m. Central Time, where we talk about all Dallas and national sports. So give us a listen there. We'll appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter at the Shore Thing. That's S C H O R R. And follow us. Subscribe. Like, rate on SoundCloud, iTunes, on the podcast radio app. That is the sure thing as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Last week's picks, uh, NFL-wise, for Ryan and I, not really good. We went the goose, the the, the double goose. Yep. Imagine what a 10-team parlay on our picks were. Uh, if you faded? A 10-game if you would have faded us, because I don't think we had any of the same games. No, we didn't. That would have been... Would have paid out nicely. That would have been about twenty to one, yeah. I think, because or maybe even more than that. That would have been a nice one. Uh, so zero and five for me in the NFL. Now twenty six, twenty six and three. Really had a nice year going, and now we're on the grind again. And in college, I went four and four uh, to go to forty, thirty six and two on the year. Yeah, as Warren said, I went 0 5 in the NFL. Um, that brought my record to 29, 25, and 2. I too had a nice little thing cooking. Still above still 500. Yeah, still got my head above water. So, uh, you know, that that's the positive. In college, I went another 3 and 6. That's kind of just been par for the course for this year. Uh, I've said I'm going to fade myself, but I just pretzel myself into like, oh, no, but I, I like actually like this game. So I haven't been able to pull that off yet. Uh, so after 3 and 6 last week, I am now at a whopping 34. 54 and one. Yep, that is 20 games below 500, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and a 50 burger on the loss. That's probably gonna get. Uh, oh, probably gonna get to 60. Well, if not 70. I was, I was, I already blew 60 out of the water. I was thinking close towards 70. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> hey, you hate to see it. You hate to think. You hate to have to even think about that. But you picked a ton of games. Yeah. Hey, man. When you dig a hole, you're just trying to get I yourself picked, out. I picked 78. Yeah, oh, I picked more than that. Yeah, way more than that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, 92? Oh, oh, man. Or 90, 99 maybe? With these college basketball overs, your math should be getting pretty good for these higher numbers. Yeah, you, you, you would think, but that's, you know, God put calculators on iPhones for a reason. <laughs> all right, so we'll start off with the college ranks, and we'll preview uh, this weekend's NFL slate and give our picks there. All right, for college, uh, nice rivalry. Weekend here, games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Nice slate of action after two kind of subpar weeks of games. We'll start off with Oklahoma and West Virginia. Thought we could have doubled up here, uh, seeing this game two weeks in a row. West Virginia, two-and-a-half-point favorites, or two-and-a-half-point underdogs. The over-under, you see this one? 84. Yeah, 84. I saw 83-and-a-half out there as well. Just insane over-under number, but... West Virginia's lost last week to Oklahoma State. They need – they still beat Oklahoma. They're in the championship game. Yeah. Texas wins. They're in. West Virginia wins. They're in. Obviously, Oklahoma wins. Uh, they are in as well. So, West Virginia they, – they, pretty much what they blew is their uh, college football playoff chance. They yeah. are out of the playoff. They will head to a New Year's Six Bowl probably – I would think they'll head to a New Year's Six Bowl. They should. I would see. I would. I would feel like. Um, and look, they've they. Their offense is great. This game, I, I look the over under. I want to take it just because I said I took it at eighty three. I can't though, just because. Uh, 
I feel like it'll be like 42-40 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll score a lot of points, especially with OU's terrible defense. I touched on, kind of harped on that quite a bit on Sunday's show. Um, but, you know, 84 doesn't – it seems like a big number on paper, but I just don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility. We could see – Oh, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see 50 – or excuse me, yeah, 50 points apiece, you know, 100 points total or more than that. But uh, 84 is a little too high for my taste, so I'm not touching that either. I did actually take OU minus 2.5 against West Virginia, even though that defense is so bad. And I know I'm contradicting myself because I went off on OU and I said they don't deserve to be in the playoff, even if they do win the Big 12 championship and win out. Um, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of... Um, I'm just gonna stick with it because <laughs> in the game I like West Virginia. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised you're, yeah, you're talking yourself right into West Virginia. I, I literally, <laughs> you know, let's switch it. Let's switch it. <laughs> We're going West Virginia plus two and a half. I'm taking it. I'm putting that on the official card. West Virginia plus two and a half against OU. All right. I just think just because uh, of uh, Big Balls Holgerson. Yeah, and I just think that changes it for me. I just think they're gonna bounce back, uh, and I think West Virginia's defense is a little is is slightly better than the Oklahoma uh, defense. But, yeah, this one really opened the door for Texas. We're not – they play Kansas. They should win uh, – they should win the game against Kansas over there. The other big game we'll get to uh, – we'll save Ohio State Michigan for last. Uh, we got LSU and A&M. LSU catching three. I was shocked. Stunned. I checked two different spots to make sure there wasn't a misprint because when I saw those points, I was like, that can't be right. Two. But yeah. I went to oddshark.com to make sure the line yeah. was right, and all of them had it right. I am on LSU plus three, big time. Uh, you've been higher on Burrow than me. Yeah. Even though I like I like Burrow, I just think uh, passing-wise, he's a limited passer. I think LSU's defense is good. They're going to be able to stop Mon. I think their offense is going to be able to to do just enough and move the ball, move the ball, get in the end zone. I really don't think A and M is going to be able to score a lot of points against this LSU defense. And I'm, you're giving me. I think LSU is going to win outright. I'm sprinkling that money line big time. I'll tell you on that. Uh, uh, Sprinkle that money line. I like LSU plus three. Could not believe A and M was minus three. The last time they were, they were, they have been home favorites though against a ranked opponent, and they they did win. Mm-hmm. That was against Kentucky. Oh yeah. Um, but that was also Kentucky. This is LSU. They have yet to beat LSU, I think, when they've been in the SEC. I believe so. Um, and this is like this is a big game for AM. If they can win this, go eight and four in the regular season. You beat a top ten team at home in the last game. Going in the bowl game, that's a great that's a great feather in the cap for Jimbo going in the offseason. They lose this one. You know what? It's another same coach, but guess what? To me, this is the same old Aggie type of season. Uh, yeah, I agree. The f- again, I'm, I'm on LSU plus three as well uh, against uh, the Aggies here. Um, I think I think A&M just needs to have a nice showing. Don't get blown out. Don't have a ton of mistakes. Don't turn the ball over a bunch. And, I mean, LSU doesn't blow out a whole bunch of teams, so I don't think it'll get to that. But, um, you know, in Jimbo's first year, he's got this program moving in the right direction. Um, I like what Ed Ogeron's doing, obviously, at LSU. He's loved by everybody there. Uh, I actually – I was one of the ones that was kind of – it was kind of a head-scratcher to me um, when LSU kept Ogeron on after ha- having him be the interim coach. It wasn't just you. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he uh, he's done, he's really done a good job with, with this uh, program. I think he's got 
got them moving in the right direction. Again, I am high on Burrow. I think give him another year next year, and he'll really be cooking with this offense um, just because he's that type of quarterback. He's not going to burn you. He's not going to beat you with his athletic uh, skill or his arm strength or his arm talent. He's going to dink and dunk you, and sometimes that's all you need in college football, especially when you start playing these you know teams that really do spread it out a bunch. Uh, uh, defense is just, you know, they expect you to do the same thing. Obviously, you're going to game plan differently for LSU when they do dink and dunk and just pound the ball, uh, kind of old-school football style. But, again, I see LSU moving it. I can't say that this would just be another typical season for the Aggies. You do have Jimbo. It is his first year. Give the guy a little bit of time. And I know I know that you agree with that too, but um, the hype that the Aggies had at the beginning of the season to where they are now kind of makes you laugh a little bit. Well, that's my point. They got hyped over a loss to Clemson. They yeah. didn't even beat Clemson. They lost by two. Like, yeah, they Clemson was up 14 points and they came back. Yeah, that's great. You still lost the game and you're saying this is going to be a great season. You lose this game, you walk out with five losses. And, yeah, I, I agree. I think the Aggies are on the right track. I think Jimbo's going to be good there. Kellen Mond has made great strides throwing the ball this year compared to what he was last year. I agree with all that. But I don't – you. I don't think people thought after the Clemson game that the Aggies were going to be walking off with five losses if they lose this game to LSU. And this has been my point on the show last week. Who is a team that they beat that at the beginning of the season you didn't expect them to beat? Nobody. That's the thing. You could go down the list and predict that they're going to beat this team, Kentucky, all these teams. Yep. And they did. And they didn't beat a team that they were like, oh, you know what? We're, we're really not supposed to win this game. Yeah. So that that's my whole point on the typical – Aggie season right now, and it goes back to the Clemson. So excited about a two-point loss. I mean, you guys are the Texas Aggies. You give yourself national titles. How about a little bit more respect for your <laughs> for your university and that class ring you wear? Come on. All right, we'll go to the, the Washington and the Apple Cup right now. This is Washington State is minus two and a half against Washington. This game is Friday night. So get that split screen action going on with the Oklahoma game. That game is Friday, and we should say the LSU uh, A&M game. That is Saturday, Saturday. Night, Saturday night. The line in this one, we have it as uh, Washington State minus two and a half. The over under is forty nine. I like Washington State minus two and a half. They're at home. Their record against Washington has been atrocious the past three years. I have been high on Washington State. I've won plenty of championships with them in NCAA 14 football when I was in college. Big Luke Folk guy. I have a soft spot for the Washington Cougars in my heart. I want them to win. I want them to win the Pac-12. I think they're finally going to wreck the demons of this Washington team. I think I like Jake Browning. I I wish I could see a little bit more from him, but I think Minishaw... The quarterback for Washington State is so is really good, way is better than Browning, and they are rolling right now. They they couple of shaky games people thought against Colorado. Colorado's been a fraud. Arizona last week, I thought Arizona was going to put up a better fight. You did not think so. No. Um, they absolutely dismantled them. Almost hung a seventy burger on them. And every big game Washington State has had this year, they have won. It got it got sticky against Oregon. It got sticky in Stanford at the end of the game, but they came back and drove it. They got a couple of bad luck against that USC on that Friday night. That was a bad luck game. And I just think Leach has got them going. This is not going to be the same old Cougars, and they're going to win, and they're going to cover against Washington State on Friday night, and they're going to play Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, see, I uh, I don't have this game on my card just because um, it is a big game. Between, you know, in-state rivalry, obviously, um, 
Chris Peterson's four and zero the last four years against Mike Kalich and Washington and Washington State. So uh, you know the fact that they're at home, I think, helps Washington State a little bit. But I really think this does come down to the head coaches. I trust Chris Peterson a little bit more. I think it's just because of Mike Leach's persona he gives to the media. He kind of plays this dopey, like I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. Dumb guy. Yeah, you know, but you obviously the guy is is a offensive genius and the way he all anywhere he's been his offenses have been prolific. But um, you know, it's tough to say. Washington State's quarterback has been playing great uh for for them and he's been putting up huge numbers. I just I can't get a good feel in this game. Again, I kind of trust Chris Peterson a little bit more than Mike Leach just because I feel like he, uh I just feel like he's smarter, and I know that yeah. might not be that might not be the case, but uh, or it might not be the case at all. Uh, but I just I just feel like I trust him a little bit. If I had to pick, I might pick Washington. I want to see Washington State win. I want to see them get a chance to be in the uh, Final Four college football playoff. It, you know, with a win, this that would obviously really help their help their uh, schedule there. Again, with OU, we talked about last week. Uh, I mean, if everybody wins out that's in right now, obviously they're not going to change it. But if Michigan happens to slip up this week or in the Big Ten Championship, uh, I would like to see Washington State have a chance to slide in there and kind of see what they can do against the big boys. I think they're getting disrespected in the rankings, though, at eight. You're going to tell me a two-loss LSU team is better than Washington State? Like, they're getting disrespected. I understand LSU lost to Alabama. They also got shut out at home. They lost what twenty nine nothing. Yep. Like there's got to be something for getting shut out at home, losing by thirty points. Disrespecting of the rankings, Washington State is. Uh, I feel like, but a ton of people in Vegas feel like Washington State's like the fifteenth best team in the country, is what I've heard people talk about. That all right. Uh, then on noon on or eleven a.m. Excuse me on Saturday, the uh, best college game every single year: Ohio State versus Michigan. Ohio State has won six in a row against those Michigan Wolverines, 13 out of the last 14. Michigan hasn't won in Columbus since 2000. Uh, They haven't won since 2011 when they had Luke Fickle as the interim coach when that was that transition year with Trestle. The line in this one, Ohio State is getting four and a half. The over-under is 56. Call me crazy, but on the official card, I got the Buckeyes plus four and a half. Urban Meyer, six and oh against uh, as an underdog outright as the head coach of Michigan. Yes, the Ohio State defense is atrocious. Michigan hasn't looked great the past two weeks. I just think they're getting bored. They're waiting for this Ohio State game. I also they have they have just destroyed every team they've lost to last week on the or last year on the so called revenge tour. But something about this rivalry, I just feel like say Ohio State gets up seven or ten points early couple points then that doubt comes into Michigan's mind I feel like Harbaugh is uh, this game is way bigger for Michigan than it is Ohio State everybody is expecting Michigan to win this one and win this one big Um, but if Ohio State they're just hanging around we've seen it before in this rivalry Uh, I like the Buckeyes plus four and a half and you know what I like them to win outright as well shocker didn't see that one coming at all uh, I've also hinted I've liked Ohio State in this game for weeks, even though it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know why that would be, why you would be on them over Michigan or why you've been hinting that you like them for so long. It does nothing to do with my Ohio State fandom. This says just everything of Michigan is cresting towards something great this season, and then bam, Ohio State's right there to slam the door on another Wolverine season. Imagine the the Michigan fan has been waiting to beat Ohio State. They've lost 13 out of 14. There are graduating classes of Michigan kids that have gone without 
beating Ohio State. My cousin, as example number one, he went to Michigan for four years. It would take he'd have to go Tommy he'd have to go Tommy Boy School of seven or eight years to even have a chance of beating Ohio State. And this is the best team they've had in a decade since 2006 when Ohio State beat them. And you're gonna t- Ohio State. This is the worst Ohio State team in a decade, and they're ten and one, which is insane. Yeah. And Ohio State somehow beats Michigan. Oh, I think Harbaugh just needs to retire and go live in Alaska. All right. Well, I don't feel quite the same way. Um, Ohio State has not been playing great the last couple weeks. Almost dropped one to Maryland last week. Um, I don't have the uh, I don't have the game on my card. I do have the total fifty six and a half. I think that'll hit uh, over. Um, like I said, Ohio State's offense just or excuse me, defense just isn't very good. Michigan puts up points sometimes. I don't know. Their defense is very strange uh, with Shea Patterson running back there. Sometimes they'll spread it out. Most of the time they're just lining up in I formation and pounding the ball. But I still think this is going to turn into a shootout. I don't know if anybody gets up more than a touchdown at any point. And if they do, you know, I see it kind of being like the, the game we saw um, Monday night in the NFL with the Rams and Chiefs where somebody gets up big, but then they, you know, maybe relinquish the lead and it's just going to be a shootout till the end. So I I like the over in 56 and a half. Uh, I don't have quite much more to add of the uh, as far as the analysis of the game. I think you covered that pretty well. I just think, too, Ohio State's offensive line hasn't seen a defensive line like Michigan's. But in retrospect, Michigan hasn't faced a set of receivers as dynamic, and they haven't faced playmakers as dynamic as Ohio State with Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, uh, uh, Kenny Hill. And then they have uh, 83, Terry McCollin. Like, they've got a set of dynamic receivers that I don't think Michigan has faced this year. But, yeah, I, I hope it's a good game. I, I, I hope this doesn't turn into a blowout. It's only fun when Ohio State blows out Michigan, not the other way around. <laughs> Is there any other games you want to cover before we get into our picks? Maybe we got Arizona ASU. Herm Edwards versus Kevin Someone. Yep. I would say this. This is a bigger game to me for Arizona than Arizona State because in someone's first year, it turns out to be a bowlless season. Yeah, I feel like that's a disappointment. And Herm Edwards, look, you already locked up a bowl in your first year. Everyone thought you were going to be like 4-8, and 3-9. and nine. I would already call this a good year, but I think this is more for way more. Look, it means both for a lot. Right. But Arizona getting a bowl game, those extra practices on their someone is bigger with – Arizona State already having locking it up. Yeah, agreed. People uh, are already questioning the someone higher. Um, you know, I don't know why Arizona thinks they have this long reigning tradition of good football. It's a long reigning tradition of very average football. Um, a, a bowl game would be nice. Obviously, you know that's what you're striving for uh, in the, in someone's first year. But yeah, Arizona's got to lock it up there. Uh, plus one and a half against ASU. I'm taking them. The just purely out of homerism. Um, so. Chances are ASU is going to win this game be just because I'll put the mush on Arizona. They looked terrible last week. Uh, Washington State hung a 48, almost hung up 50, excuse me, almost held up 50 on them in the first half. Um, I just think Khalil Tate needs to get it going. He needs to start running a little bit more, not running nearly as much as he was last year. Um, our offensive line just isn't stellar. Our defensive line is small compared to most offensive lines. We just can't get any penetration, can't get a good pass rush going. Um, our defensive uh, uh Run stopping is actually not terrible, uh, but in the Pac-12, when everyone's throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game, that really doesn't help you a whole lot again. So, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully U of A can go out there and uh, get a nice little dub, get a bowl game, you know, end up in uh, the, uh, I don't know. Tucson Bowl? Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, that's that's I think that's all I got. All right, so my card starts on Thanksgiving Day night. Mississippi State minus 10.5 against Ole Miss. Fitzgerald's coming back after he broke his – 
ankle against Ole Miss. He's going to be there for his final season. He's going to want to win on the road. And Mississippi State's defense has allowed eight touchdowns this year. They allowed three touchdowns at home this year. That is unbelievable. That's Their wild. defense is really good. Ole Miss's defense is garbage. So the Bulldogs are big. Nebraska plus 10 on the road at Iowa. They've got some momentum building uh, to finish the season off. They're going to finish it off 5-7. and seven. They had a nice squeaker against uh, Michigan State last week, so I like them. Plus 10 at Iowa on Friday. Also on Friday, as I said, Washington State minus 2.5 now. Oh, and my other game on Friday is UCF minus 14 against uh, USF. USF can't play any defense. UCF is just going to be on a steamrolling thing trying to get in to the playoff or have any outside chance, which I don't think they have, but they're going to try and blow Every single team out. As I said, I like Ohio State plus four and a half. I like Iowa State, Kansas State over 40 and a half. Again, based on principle of Big 12, you're giving me a Big 12 over under at 40. I'm going to take the over. I like UAB, Middle Tennessee State over 52 and a half. I am 2 and 0 in Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State overs. That is two weeks in a row as well. I like Pitt and Miami over 48. And then finally rounding out the 10 game card over 44. Uh, Utah and BYU. I also have LSU in there. The Utah-BYU game, Jason Shelley, Frisco kid. We're trying to get him on the show probably after the season off. The coach isn't letting him talk to the media as a freshman. That is par for the course, though, in college sports. They've put up 38 or 36 points a game averaging out when he's been the quarterback the last two games. Shout out to us, members of the media. Yeah, we are. I know, I know. You won't let him talk to us. That's what happens. Look, that was always my problem trying to talk to these kids you follow in high school, hey, freshmen in college. I'm just trying to get a couple. Can I email questions and let them get an answer? We're trying to do a job here, trying to get some stories out. But, hey, look, I understand a radio interview, too. That's yeah. a little tougher. But, look, he's not talking to anyone in Salt Lake City. Totally understand. I have no problem with that. Uh, all right. So I'm also on Mississippi State, minus 11 against Ole Miss, much the reasons you named uh, here. Um, again, we called an audible at the line. I'm going West Virginia plus two and a half against OU. I just kind of pretzeled myself into that. So hopefully it hits. If OU wins, uh, might find a cliff nearby. Um, I'm also on UCF minus 14 against USF. Uh, I think they are just going to try to steamroll everybody and beat everybody by 50 if they can. Uh, I mentioned already over 56 and a half in the Michigan Ohio State game. I like Syracuse plus seven at BC. I called it last week. Everyone was on Syracuse saying that they're going to cover the 13 and a half or whatever it was against Notre Dame. Ten. Uh, ten. Notre Dame, whatever. I knew it was a big number. I knew it was double digits. Notre Dame absolutely ran them out of the stadium. Uh, I knew, So I think this is a bit of a bounce-back game. They are at BC, but I think Syracuse is good enough to win outright. I like NC State minus 7 against UNC. I've been on NC State now the last two weeks. Been right after I was dogging them two weeks before that and lost. So uh, I like my chances here. I like the over 52 in UAB Middle Tennessee as well. Middle Tennessee puts up a ton of points. So does UAB. Um, so I think that should hit pretty easily. Over 52.5 in the Bama-Auburn game. This is usually you know, a pretty defensively heavy game, um, but I think Tua is just going to put up a ton of points. I think Bama, it being a, a rivalry game, they're going to get up big on Auburn and just keep uh, chucking the ball around the field. Arizona plus 1.5, like I said, versus ASU. I like the over 43 in uh, Colorado and Cal. Uh, much like the Big 12, taking an under in a Pac-12 game is, is tough to do, so I like that as a tiny number there. LSU plus 3 at Texas A&M. And I'm going to go ahead and take a chance on Notre Dame minus 10.5 against USC. USC uh, had a decent little – did USC win last week? Oh, well, they lost to UCLA. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, they lost. Yeah, they choked it away. <laughs> so screw USC. I had them last week. That was week. one of the ones we disagreed one, on. Yeah. 
Victor for your boy. I know. Yeah, USC was up big at halftime, gave up 13 points in the fourth quarter to lose. So I'm taking Notre Dame minus 10.5 all the way. Uh, this probably will be about a 30-point win because USC stinks. They do stink, and Clay Helton allegedly is coming back as head coach next year. All right, shifting over to the end of – oh, I want to say something. If we have any late college ads, we're doing this on uh, Wednesday. Uh, we will tweet them out. Last week we tweeted out our picks before the game. So if we have any late ads, check the Twitter account. We will tweet those out, and those will add to the official card. Or maybe another audible or two. Yes, a couple more, so check that on Saturday morning. All right, moving over to the NFL, taking a look at the Cowboys game. They have won two in a row on the road. I would say most people are surprised by that. Uh, they sh- Last week, look, Dak has looked pretty good at these end-of-the-game drives. He's led them he's, he's, he led them down the field for drives at the end of the game to win. And this week they faced the Redskins, who uh, have hit their injury quota for the season of major injuries. This has now been a recurring trend the last uh, handful of years. Yeah, not at just, least this, the last three. This is not an aberration. This is now a trend. This is for sure something that goes through. Uh, Cole McCoy starting at quarterback. Uh, and there the spread is seven and a half, seven or eight, depending where you get it, open as high as eight and a half. Obviously, the Cowboys win this game. They're going to first place. In the division, the Redskins win. Then they get a nice two-game lead in the division. Uh, look, I think Colt, I think he's an adequate backup. I think he's a fine backup. I do think, though, it is interesting how that offense against the Texans came alive when when he was in the game and when Alex Smith went out. I'm telling you, the Redskins fully planned on Colt McCoy being the starter of this team when Kirk Cousins left. It wasn't Jay Gruden's choice or the quarterback's uh, choice or the offensive coordinator's choice to trade for Alex Smith. That came from upstairs. That came from Bruce Allen. It came from Daniel Snyder. This was going to be Colt McCoy's team. Everybody in that locker room the last week or the last three days, however long it's been since since Sunday, has said everyone has full faith in Colt. Obviously, they're going to say that, but I truly believe it. Everyone, everyone thought this was going to be Colt McCoy's team. He moves this offense so much better. He'll take shots downfield. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he's accurate. He knows his system. And don't be surprised if he he's not going to throw for 350 yards. He's not going to throw for four touchdowns. But he's going to move the ball well enough to keep the uh, keep drives alive, keep the ball moving down the field. Adrian Peterson, we need to have him have another big game uh, on the ground. And even uh, still, don't know if Chris Thompson's going to play. Probably not. Would be my guess. So whoever comes in because Samaje Perine still out so probably Capri Bibbs if he can catch the ball out of the backfield look out for Trey Quinn this kid is a stud he was uh I can't I can't remember if he was our seventh round draft pick or if he was undrafted out of SMU not a big guy he is going to be your stereotypical white slot guy your Julian Edelman your Wes Welker your Danny Amendola but the dude can ball he's finally back he came back last week from injury I think he had five catches for 53 yards somewhere around there um but him and Colt they already have a little second teamer chemistry going Colt McCoy loves using Jordan Reed, um, so I have full faith. Yes, this is a little bit of my obviously uh, uh, you know fandom bias here, but I think the Redskins' offense is going to look just fine. Might even look better with Colt McCoy back there than it has with Alex Smith. So honestly, I told this to a couple of my buddies that were that are Redskins fans. I'm you know devastated for Alex Smith. Nobody wants to. Nobody you don't want to see anybody have an injury the way he did. He had a compound fracture. The bone poked through the skin. Um, and uh, doctor said his bone broke. It was it's called a, a torsion break or something like that. Mm. Where what it was is his foot was planted and his leg got wrapped around so how ho- oh. so hard and so bad that the bones snapped in half. 
Yeah, how's that for a visual? But anyway, what I was trying to get to is that you don't want to see anybody have that kind of injury, but if it had to happen, not a terrible time. I don't know how you could say it was a terrible time. He, he, I mean, he's won. Uh, you won four out of the last five games with them. I, I don't doubt that. I'm not saying I'm happy Alex Smith got injured. I'm happy I'm out. But like I said, if this injury had to happen, I'm glad it happened now, maybe not even later down the road, um, because Colt McCoy is going to have full command of this offense. Yeah, and I and yeah, I think he'll be fine. I my biggest question is is how how much consistency week in and week out he's going to be able to uh, sustain it, and you kind of see that with backups. Uh, even even some of the better backups, they come in and it's tough to sustain it. Say over the last six game, five six games. How many backups of the season? in the NFL have been in the same system for the last five or six? I'm not years? denying that. I look. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm not saying Colt is going to play bad. I'm just saying consistency wise, is he going to be able to keep it up? Because they also have zero weapons other than Jordan Reed. Like that's one of the reasons why I think Alex Smith struggled. Is he had a ton of weapons at Kansas City, Kelsey Hill. Like stud receivers, yeah. And the Redskins, they Jordan Reed is a very nice player. I don't know what it was with him not tr- not getting open or Smith not trying to thread the needle to him across the middle, but he wouldn't use them. And other than that, offensively with uh, Crowder not with Crowder being out and Thompson being out and Paul Richardson being out, he's really had no no receivers. And you could say the same thing about deck. Look at, look at how much better deck has played since Amari Cooper has been in. You get a, you get a stud receiver and he's played much better. It's just make comes down to a trust thing. Oh yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree. The Redskins don't have very many weapons, if any at all, but we do have guys that get the job done. Mo Harris. He's been, he's been big that either. I'm not saying you are. Stop being so defensive. I'm not. I'm not trying to sound <laughs> yeah. defensive. I'm just saying that no, I, I agree. The Redskins. Josh Doxson has finally started to play a little bit better the last two or three weeks. He was dropping a ton of balls. Finally starting to get in the end zone. So I agree with you. But they have guys that can get the job done. They've gotten the job done thus far, and it's going to keep going. And Colt is just going to give a little extra added boost to this offense to keep things going in the direction that they're going. That's all I'm saying. And I think he's going to do it on a consistent basis. All right, that's fine. We we disagree on that. Um, look, I still think the the Redskins have a chance to make the playoffs because they got the Giants, they got the Jags, who both stink, and then who knows how the, how good the Eagles are. Yeah, we don't really know what that defense is. That defense isn't very good. I will say, I think the Cowboys are going to be able to move the ball on the Redskins defense. I know the Redskins have a solid defense, but when they have played the Saints, the two of the best offenses they've played. The Saints and the Falcons this year. They got lit they up. They got lit up by them. And the Texans, they did a good job against the Texans last week. It looked like it was going to heading towards another light up, but they held it together uh, and played pretty well against the defense. So there are they they have struggled against some good offense. I'm not saying the Cowboys have a great offense, but see I, they've struggled against good passing offenses. Yeah, and the Cowboys have looked like they've had an adequate passing offense these last couple of weeks, much better than what it was before. Like before the Amari Cooper trade, as much as we criticize the trade, we criticize the trade not because Amari Cooper is a bad player, it's because you gave up a first round pick for him. Right. That was where the criticism went. It's, it's no doubt that Amari Cooper is a good football player uh, and it's helped out. But would you give up a first round pick for him, depending on who you could potentially get in the draft next year? That was where our criticism was yeah. in this one. Uh, I think the Cowboys win this one. I think it's close, though. I don't have it in my card, but I would lean towards taking the seven points. Yeah, I'm taking the seven and a half. I think the Redskins can win this game outright. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a typical Cowboys Redskins game where it's going to come down to the wire, much I like agree. last game did. Um, so I'm going to take the the full seven and a half. There's no way the Redskins are losing this game by a touchdown. 
If they do, I'm sure Warren's probably going to pull this audio and play it on Sunday show. No, so I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to do that. There is no victory lap on this. I have offered you an olive branch of my Colt McCoy Browns jersey. Okay, yeah. I have offered you that olive branch. There's nothing more than I would want to see the Cowboys lose. I'm t- sick and tired of them winning and doing this 500 bit. Yeah, right. like they're just punishing them. This this is the typical typical Cowboys loss here, though. When you play for eight and eight. You can guarantee the Cowboys go 8-8 eight and eight in a season. This is a game they would lose to stay right on track for 8-8 eight and eight after they just got right back up to 500. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, I, I think, like I said, the ball's going to be moving. It is going to come down to um, you know, how well the secondary can cover Amari Cooper because they're not going to move Josh Norman around to cover him. They wanted to do that last week um, against DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Josh Norman said he wanted to shadow him. They still didn't do it. So we'll see uh, how well the secondary can do. I love our pass rush. Our pass rush is great. Our run defense is great with Deron Payne, uh, Jonathan Allen, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, everybody everybody that's you know along that front four. Even our front seven is really good uh, with our linebacking core. So I, I like the Redskins' chances big time in here. Yes, does my uh, you know fandom come into play? Absolutely. But I legitimately think the Redskins have a great shot to win this game outright. So why not take the 7.5? Probably sprinkle a little bit on that money line too. I also think, though, the Cowboys – Rush defense and offensive or, or offensive line has looked much better since Connor yeah, Williams has now played. Like everyone's like, oh, Connor Williams. Well, he was terrible. He was a liability. Xavier Suafilo has stepped in very nicely, and you wonder why did they just give Connor Williams the spot at left guard, and why was this guy not playing from the get go? Just because your guy's a second round pick, you're just going to give him the job. Like that is a head scratching decision. Coaches, G- Jerry, GM, and Steven, whatever they were thinking. Why did why was he just given the position? I think that is a question that people need to be asking more than they have been uh, lately. All right, we will now shift over to our cards. I like the Lions plus three on Thursday. Mitch is they're optimistic he's going to play. Uh, the Bears home road splits are very drastic. They're a much better team on the road than they are uh, at home. They're a much worse team on the road than they are at home. I like the Browns plus three coming off the bye week. Uh, the Bengals are reeling. I know they're getting A.J. Green back. Hugh Jackson, anytime you got Hugh Jackson employed, I'm taking the opposite. <laughs> and I am taking the Browns plus three. I like the Packers plus three and a half against the Vikings. They haven't won a game this year on the road. I think they changed that. This is Look, this is a make-or-break game for both teams, right. uh, playoff lives. Uh, the, they both have a chance because of that tie helping them out. I like the Packers uh, plus three and a half. I like Pittsburgh minus three against the Broncos. I was on the Steelers last week. They let me down, got out to a slow start. But I don't think the Broncos are very good, even though they somehow beat the Chargers last week. Just terrible clock management at the end there by Phillip Rivers. And then Baltimore minus 11. I don't care who's playing quarterback. They are beating the Raiders by double digits, two touchdowns. Raiders cross-country flight. They're still celebrating their Super Bowl win against the Cardinals. And I like the Ravens minus 11. All right, so as I said, I got Washington plus 7.5 at Dallas. I like Carolina minus 3 versus Seattle. The Carolina's coming off two straight losses. Uh, last week's was a heartbreaker. Should have won, should have pulled it out. They didn't. I think this is a bounce-back game uh, against the Seahawks. Um, Carolina's at home, so that helps their case there. 
their defense, the Carolina's defense isn't terrible. It's not bad at all. And right now, Seattle has kind of flipped the switch. They're not this hard-headed, you know, tough defensive team anymore. They they rely on their, uh, you know, they have a power running game now with Rashad Penny and a couple of their other guys that they throw in there in the mix. Obviously, Doug Baldwin and, and Russell Wilson still have their connection going, but I think Carolina wins this um, and covers the three. I also like Green Bay plus three and a half. I saw it at three. You had it at three and a half, so I'll take the hook uh, just because, again, this is a huge game for both of them after Minnesota dropped the one on Sunday night against the Bears. Green Bay had another, uh, had another big loss uh, Sunday as well. Uh, I like Cincinnati minus three versus Cleveland. Uh, for much of the reasons that you named why you like the Browns, I like Seattle because, or excuse me, Cincinnati because they are getting A.J. Greenback. That offense is really good. This could turn into a shootout. I don't know what to think of Cleveland's offense. Sometimes they put up a ton of points. Sometimes they don't put up any points. Nick Chubbs looked better. Baker Mayfield, let's see what he can do coming off his first bye week in the NFL against uh, against the Bengals. You going to add something? I was just saying the offense has looked night and day better since Freddie Kitchens and Todd Haley left. I feel like Haley was sabotaging Hugh Jackson. So he could implement his true offense when he became the interim head coach, and he got fired. Right. And Freddie Kitchens now has done what Baker has done. And, yeah, they got beat by the Chiefs by two touchdowns, but the offense wasn't the problem in that game. They were putting on points, and they lit up the Falcons like teams have been lightening up the Falcons. They could have scored four. They could have scored two more touchdowns if they wouldn't have done stupid plays like a halfback pass when Baker's just rolling. So the offense under Freddie Kitchens has been phenomenal. And for my final one, I like San Francisco plus three at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just keeps, I don't know, plugging and playing whoever they want at quarterback. One week it's Jameis. One week it's Fitzpatrick. They keep going back and forth. Tampa Bay, they they have a good offense. It's wild. They can put up so many points in one game and put up so many yards. I just don't know what to think about them, but I like San Francisco. I like what Nick Mullins is doing out there uh, on the West Coast. He's kind of got a good control of this offense. Um, they've looked better since he's come in. I know they lost. I don't think they, they didn't play last week, but they lost the week before. It was a close game. The so, Monday uh, Nighter. The Monday Nighter, yeah. Uh, so uh, I like. Uh, I do like San Francisco plus three at Tampa Bay. Uh, stat quickly before we leave. It is – oh, so the Bucks. When that game they scored three points, yeah, they put up more yards than the Rams did, and the Rams hung up fifty-one. Right, like the what the Bucks have four hundred and fifty-six yards or something. They put up three, and the Rams had four, just on just over four, and they put up fifty-one. Yeah, well, the Redskins forced four turnovers in the red zone. That's big time defensive play. I'm not denying that. <laughs> oh, that was against the Redskins. Yeah. That was right. Okay, I see. I was just saying the yards on stats yeah, yeah, right yeah. there. Uh, all right, thanks everybody for tuning in. You your mom's picks. Oh, yeah. Do you have Jamie's? Yeah. All right. Yes, my mom uh, has uh, – this is based on Trubisky plays. She's – I think my final orders were if Trubisky plays with the Bears. If not, she's going with the Lions, but that could change to strictly the Lions. All right. I will get confirmation on that. Uh, I will text you that tonight. Uh, she has the Browns plus three. She has the Packers plus three and a half, Carolina minus three, and then her final pick was – what did I do, four or five? I – the Saints. She okay. likes the Saints. That's a lot of points. Yeah. But she's liking the Saints. All right. Jamie's picks. I foresee a tough week for <laughs> Jamie. Oh, what did Jamie go last week? Uh, oh, I got to look. Because um, my think, mom went four and one. I think she went uh, two and three. I think Jamie did. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to confirm that. Okay. Um, anyway, for this week, she has the Cowboys minus seven and a half. Shocker there. Boy, so, this is a tough week for the household with your Aggie talk on this one and then Redskins. And this could be uh, sleeping on the couch Thanksgiving night. For sure. Yeah. Jamie's going to definitely be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> um, she likes New Orleans uh, minus 13. Another huge spread. Uh, New England minus ten and a half. Again, she likes these. She likes these big, big time numbers. big time favorites. 
Uh, Pittsburgh minus three, and then finally Seattle plus three. Um, let's see. I got her picks here. Looks like she went. Yep, two and three. Wait, what was the bear, final score on the Bears? They covered. Okay, they covered, so she went three and two. Okay. Three and two. All right. Uh, All they right. had a good week. Yeah. We, the, on the other hand, did not. did not, and I don't think my girl's going to be having a good week this week. But, <laughs> hey, uh, best of luck to her. Uh, all right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Look, if you're betting, this uh, this is a big week. You got tons of college basketball starting at 10 o'clock. Uh, get your picks in now if you want to get some action in at 10 o'clock. Uh, I think Ryan might have just missed a ball at 10.01. Oh, we did. missed it. Uh, so, yeah, look. Hold hold your things. Look, if you don't, there's a ton of college basketball going on, ton of football, a lot of action going on. So make sure you uh, uh, don't just blow it all on something right there. Uh, have a good Thanksgiving, Ryan. You and Jamie have a good first Thanksgiving. Uh, you as well. As a married couple, thank you. And we'll talk to you guys on Sunday night on Talk Radio 1190.